In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Let us read some verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I know of nothing against myself, yet I am not justified by this. But he who judges me is the Lord. Therefore, judge nothing before the time, until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts. Then each one's praise will come from God. Grace of God the Father be with all of us. You know, we are at the end of the year. Uh, there are 17 days till the end of this year. And usually, most of us, with the end of the year and beginning of a new year, we like to examine ourselves. And we as servants, one area that we will examine ourselves in it is our faithfulness in the service. Our faithfulness in the service. That's why I chose this part from 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's understand this part and then we'll start speaking about faithfulness in service. St. Paul, people attacked him or questioned his faithfulness in two areas. One, because he was, according to them, was speaking against the law. Although St. Paul did not speak against the law, but was speaking whether the law is sufficient to our salvation or do we need or we need Christ. And the practices of the law, like circumcision, like purifications, are they needed for our salvation or they were just symbols and they were fulfilled in the new covenant? But this was one area they attacked Paul and considered him not faithful in his ministry because of this. The second area, they questioned his apostleship, whether he is one of the apostles or not, because he did not see the Lord Jesus Christ during his life on earth. Like the 12 or the 70, Paul was not one of the 12 or of the 70. So, St. Paul started by saying, let a man so consider us. How? How people should consider us. Number one, as servants of Christ, and number two, as stewards of the mysteries of God. Servants of Christ, so, like if you have a servant, and you send this servant to do tasks for you. In the same way, we are servants of Christ. And Christ is sending us to do tasks for him. And a steward means we are not the owners. God entrusted us 
with these tasks to manage them. But we should not forget that we are stewards, not the owners. And verse 2, moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. If you have business and you want to hire a steward, a manager, what is the most important quality you will look for? Faithfulness. And also you will look for another quality which is wisdom. Because if he is wise and not faithful, the business will make profit, but you will get nothing because he is not faithful. If he is faithful and not wise, yes, he will not cheat you, but the faithful will not make any profit. That's why the Lord said, who is the wise and faithful steward? But who judge faithfulness? Who would judge whether I am faithful or not? There are three categories. Either others, or I judge myself, or God. St. Paul discredited the judgment by others or even by oneself. As he said in verse 3, but with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. Because there is bias in this judgment. And people may say today, Osanna, king of Israel, and after five days, they will say, crucify him, crucify him. The same people. So when I examine myself, let us focus more on how God judges me. Whether God is seeing me faithful or not. But what about my own judgment of myself? St. Paul said, in fact, I do not even judge myself. Any one of us, when you judge yourself, you will justify yourself. Most of us. Even if you find yourself unfaithful, you will find excuses. Yes, I was not faithful in visitation, but I was busy. Yes, it is time of COVID and people don't welcome uh, home visitation. It, you will find some uh, justification. That's why St. Paul said why he doesn't judge himself. He said, for I know of nothing against myself. When I examined myself, I did not find anything wrong. I know of nothing against myself. But does this mean, if you said, I know of nothing against yourself, does this mean you are justified? No. We have tendency to justify ourselves. That's why St. Paul said, yet I am not justified by this. So even if you examined yourself by yourself, in your own eyes, and you found yourself justified, this does not mean you are justified. But when I examine myself, I should examine myself through the eyes of God, not through the eyes of the people, not through the eyes of myself. That's why he said, but he who judges me is the Lord. Therefore, judge nothing before the time. Sometimes we judge one another. He is not a good servant. She is not a good servant. Judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts 
then each one's praise will come from God. Then when I am justified, if I was found faithful in the eyes of God, my praise will come from God. Don't seek the praise of men. They can deceive you. Don't, don't seek the praise of your own self. You can deceive yourself. But let the judgment comes from God. Then each one will receive his praise from God. God is God of faithfulness. He is a faithful God. And it is required in the stewards, in the servant, to be faithful. But let us ask, what is faithfulness in the eyes of God? Because God is a judge. So what's faithfulness in his own eyes? To answer this question, let us uh, read from Hebrews chapter 3, verse 2. Or verse 1 and 2. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle with capital A and high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ. Why he called him apostle? Because the father sent the son to us. So he is the apostle of the father. To us and he is our high priest who was faithful to him who was faithful to the father who appointed him who appointed the son as Moses also was faithful in his household so how the son was faithful to the Father. St. Paul is saying Jesus was faithful to the Father uh, because the Father appointed him. Let's read Hebrews chapter 10 verse 5 to understand how Jesus was faithful to the Father who appointed him to be our high priest. High priest, as I, as I told you in Hebrew chapter 3, he called Jesus apostle and high priest. Apostle, as explained, the Father sent him to, to us to be our high priest. So he's apostle because he is appointed by the Father to be our high priest. Any priest must offer something, right? So let's see the faithfulness of Jesus. He said in verse 5, chapter 10, Hebrews, Therefore, when he came into the world, he, Jesus, said to the Father. Now Jesus is speaking to the Father. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. So the Father said to the Son, I'm not sending you as a high priest to offer sacrifices and offering, animal sacrifices and offering, like the priests of the old covenant. But a body you have prepared for me. But you will be a human being, the father is saying to the son, you will be a human being, you will have a body, and you will offer this body as a sacrifice. As a high priest, he will offer himself as a sacrifice. Verse 6, In burnt offerings and sacrifices of, for sin, you had no pleasure. He is not sending Jesus to offer again burnt offering and sin offering. 
So, have the son who is faithful to the father who appointed him, how he reacted. Then I said, I, Jesus, I said, behold, I have come. I will skip the middle. I will read it later. Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. Although you want me to offer myself, as St. Cyril said, Jesus is the high priest and the sacrifice himself. So he offered himself, which means he will be slain on the cross. It's a difficult task. But Jesus said what? Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. What I missed in the, in the middle, as it is written in the volume of the book, it is written of me. So as it, it is prophesied about me, about the, the son, he will do the commandment of God. And St. Paul reflected on this in Philippians chapter uh, 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, because he is God, he is one with the Father and the Holy Spirit, did not consider it robbery to be equal to God. So when he said, I and the Father one, he did not take this by robbery. Because he is indeed one with the Father and the Holy Spirit. But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Obedient to whom? To the Father. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. So I think now it became clear in our mind. Faithfulness, number one, means to be obedient. As Jesus was obedient to the Father, although he and the Father are one, but he was obedient to the Father. To what extent we are obedient? Jesus was obedient unto death. Sometimes am I, obe I am obedient to Abuna, but I am not obedient to the Sunday school coordinator. Who is he to tell me, do, do it this way or do it that way? Sometimes when I feel equal, then obedience is not an option. Yes, it makes sense if I obey Abuna, if I obey Sayyidna, but I obey a regular layman like me? No. Then we are not faithful. Faithfulness means obedience. Obedience to God and also obedient to those appointed by God. That's faithfulness. To what extent? To death. Jesus was obedient to death, to the Father. The second element in faithfulness in the eyes of God, we read it in Luke chapter 17. 
after the Lord spoke about the parable, Luke 16, I'm asif. Luke 16, after the Lord spoke about the parable of unjust steward. In verse 10, he said, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Sometimes the little things we don't feel that we need to be faithful in these little things. But we try to be faithful in major stuff or big issues. For example, I don't steal the money of the church. So I'm faithful in this. Because stealing is a big sin. But when it comes to little or minor things, it's okay. For example, this year, Thanksgiving came on the second day, or first day in Shaker, of the fast. So it's okay, it's family celebration. Nothing wrong if I start fasting after Thanksgiving. God will not judge me about this. And I agree, God will not judge you about this. God will not tell you, you are, uh, you are not going to heaven because you broke these two days of fasting. But the principle here, if you are not faithful in what is least, you cannot be faithful in what's much. So when we are faithful in these two days, it's attitude. Then God actually will be comfortable to entrust you with what's much. Because a person who actually gives himself or his conscience is comfort, comfortable to skip two days, tomorrow he will skip one week, then he will skip 15 days, then he will skip the whole fast. That's what we call drifting away. Drifting, you will drift just for a small distance. Then small distance will be bigger and bigger and bigger until you find yourself totally away from the way you want to walk. That's why second area in faithfulness are you faithful on what's least or not? That's faithfulness in the eyes of God. God wants us to be faithful on what's least. Some people to justify it, well, like, don't be a Pharisee. Don't just pick on, on these little things. That's what the Pharisees are doing. But God actually did not rebuke the Pharisees because they were very strict in little things. But God was angry with them because they compromised major things. Do you remember when God rebuked them because they were paying the tithe of the anise and camel and, and mint? Why he rebuked them? Is it wrong? No. God told them, but you neglected the whitier matters of the law. 
love, justice, and mercy. Then he said a very important verse. He told them, you have all this without leaving the others undone. Which means God wants them to continue paying the tithe of the mint and anise and camel. God is not against this. Many people are abusing the concept of the Pharisees. When you try to live your life, live your life circumspectly, then the people will come and attack you. Why you are like the Pharisees? And, and, and they don't realize that the Lord never rebuked the Pharisees for keeping these little things. He told them, you have ought to do these things. God rebuked them not for keeping the minor things, but for neglecting the major things. God wants us to be faithful on what's least. And he said, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what's least is unjust also in much. Uh, Daniel and the three young men, they were in captivity in Babylon. And they can say, we cannot disobey the king. We have excuse now. We have to eat what the king is offering us. But Daniel and the three young men said, no, we are not going to defile ourselves with the delicacies of the king. And they talked to the person in a charge and told them just to try us for 10 days. And they insisted on their fasting, insisted to keep themselves uh, in the right way, not to defile themselves. Are we faithful on what is least or not? The third point in faithfulness in the eyes of God. Many times we conduct ourselves as owners of the stewardship, not as a steward. For example, you give your class your own personal opinion. If you believe nothing wrong with dating, regardless what the church says or what the Bible says, then you will teach your children this way. I heard recently that unfortunately many servants are supporting same-sex marriage. Supporting means they believe uh, if that's what they want, then it's right, let us support to have their own right. They are supporting transgenderism, they are supporting abortion, they are supporting the legalization of uh, marijuana, they are supporting the social drinking, they are supporting the dancing, they are supporting all these things. And that's what they teach their children. Then you conduct yourself as owner, not as a steward. As a steward, I will tell them what God says about these things, not what you believe. You are coming now to listen to this sermon. 
I am sure you are coming not to listen to my own personal beliefs. Who cares about my own personal beliefs? You want to hear what God is saying through me. And if I am faithful, what I deliver to you should be the word of God, not my own personal beliefs about anything, about any issue. If I understand I'm a steward and God entrusted me with this microphone to teach and to speak to you, if I am a faithful person, then I will teach you the truth of God, what God says, what the scripture says, what early church father says, not what I say or what I believe. How do we conduct ourselves as owners or as stewards? Also, sometimes we try to connect the children to me, not to God. We are stealing God's children. Yes, I know it's important to have bond so between the servant and the students whom they are or the disciples whom he is serving. But how I examine myself to see if I am trying to connect them to me or to God. If I am compromising the truth in order to please them so they will be connected to me, then you are stealing God's children. If you are telling them what they want to hear, not what the truth in the scripture, then you turn it to be men-pleaser. Why to be men-pleaser? Because you want to steal God's children to be your own children and God's disciples to be your own disciples. Again, how we conduct ourselves as owners or as stewards. Stewards, I do everything according to his will and to, for his own glory, not for my own glory. Number four, faithfulness in the eyes of God. We read it in Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Therefore, if you have, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous man, who will commit to your trust the true riches? What's unrighteous mammon? Since the fall of Adam and Eve and the earth is cursed, so everything around us is unrighteous. Everything around us is unrighteous. And God, if he compares this world that's corrupted with the heavenly Jerusalem, then everything in this world is the unrighteous mammon. And the true riches is in heavenly Jerusalem. So God is saying, if you are not faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit your trust, the true riches? What does this mean? The resources that you are using, whether you are using money or any other resources that you are using in Sunday school service, 
Are we faithful in these resources or not? Sometimes we feel because these resources are offered to us, we are not careful. Children, when they go, for example, to a retreat center, they destroy it. And sometimes the, the servants, they are seeing how their children are destructive. And no discipline, no guidance. But if we are faithful, we need to know this is a resource that God gave us. Our Sunday school classes, it's also a resource. How do you keep it? Do you maintain it well? Or you don't maintain it? Chairs, pews, even the walls, their condition that's used, the electricity. All this comes under the unrighteous man. Because as I told you, anything in the world is considered unrighteous man. When you are not careful in how you are using the resources, and sometimes we misuse or abuse, then God will tell you, if you are not faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Are we faithful? Any resource the church gives me, whether it is an asset or liquid money, are we faithful in all these resources or not? Then we said faithfulness, obedience to God. Faithfulness is uh, to be faithful on what's least. Faithfulness to be to conduct yourself as a steward, not as an owner. And I forgot to tell you the verse. The verse also in Luke chapter 17, verse 12. If you have not been faithful in what is another man's, these children are not ours. They are the children of God. And you need to be faithful in teaching them who will give you what's your own. And the fourth element is faithfulness in the unrighteous man. Resources also, God give you what time. How do you use the time? This part of the resources. Are you are faithful in the time that God gave you or not? Number five, a fifth area of faithfulness. When you serve, are you serving, relying on your own power or on the power of God? In First Peter chapter four, verse eleven, Saint Peter says. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, if anyone serves, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong glory and the dominion forever and ever in it. So St. Peter is saying, when you speak, say the oracles of God. 
When you serve, serve knowing that the ability, the talent, the power that you have is coming from God. That's faithfulness. Can you imagine, for example, if I give you $1,000 and I tell you, go and give this money to this poor family. So you go to this poor family and you give them the money as if you give the money from your own pocket, not from me. Is this faithfulness? Definitely not. In the same way, every time we serve and then we claim this power to be our own power, then we are stealing. The abilities that you have, the talent, if you are eloquent in speech, the intelligence that you have, if you are energetic, if you know how to connect well with the youth, any ability, it's from God. Otherwise, you are not faithful. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, the chapter that we read in the beginning, St. Paul said in verse 7, For who makes you differ from another? If you believe that you are different from another, you are better than him. Who makes you different? If you are more intelligent, if you are more energetic, if you are more talented, if you have five talents and the other has three talents, who makes you differ from another? Then St. Paul challenges them. What do you have that you did not receive? Can you tell me what talent you have that you did not receive it from God? If you have five talents and I have three, you received the five from God as, as I received the three from God. So why you boast that you are better than me? Because you have five and I have three. Think, who gave you? It's God. Who makes you differ from another? It is God. Who entrusted you with more gifts? What do you have that you did not receive? Can you tell me what did you have that you did not receive from God? Nothing. Now, if you did indeed receive it, the fact and the truth that you receive it from God, why do you boast as if you had not received it? Why you boast with your abilities, with your talents, as if you did not receive it? Faithfulness means that we render glory to God. If God give me any gift, if I am deacon and I learn hymns quickly and God give me good voice and good memory to memorize and to learn hymns quickly, I should not boast over others or feel that I am better from others. Because who make you differ from another? It is God. Can you tell me what you have and you did not receive? Nothing. Then if you admit that everything you received it from God, why do you boast as if you did not receive, as if these things are your own? Then, that's another element in faithfulness. To admit that every power is coming from God. 
The last point in faithfulness. We read it every morning in Ephesians chapter 4 in the first hour of the Agbay. St. Paul says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. As Christian, I need to walk as a Christian. But do you think that when God called you to be servant, or when God called us to be clergy, is God expecting from us more than what he is expecting from regular people or not? Definitely yes. In our behavior, in our conduct, God is expecting from us to be different. In the Old Testament, there was the law of another right. If you are going to vow yourself to the service of God, then you need to abide by certain rules and regulations. Also, uh, the Levites and the priests, they need to abide by certain rules and regulations. Not only regulation regarding the rituals of the service, no. For example, God said, the tribe of Levi will not inherit in the promised land. Maybe we feel, they feel discriminated against them. Every other tribe will inherit a land, a piece of land in the promised land. But this tribe was forbidden to inherit in the promised land. Why? Because their portion is the Lord. How after you serve the Lord, you are looking to have inheritance in this dust of the world. Yes, they were given houses to play to, to live, but there was no, no inheritance for them. If you read in the letters of St. Paul, to Timothy or to Titus. He said, the bishop should be, the priest should be, the deacon should be. If we should conduct ourselves like any regular Christian, then why there are certain requirements from the priests or the deacons or the bishops? Then we as Sunday school servants, there are requirements from us more than what's required from any lay person, Christian, and we need to abide by this requirement. As St. Paul said, I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. You are called to be a Sunday school servant. You need to walk worthy of this calling as a Sunday school servant. Remember last year when we sent this letter of commitment to the Sunday school servants to read it and to sign it. It's a letter of commitment. As a Sunday school servant, I'm committed to abide. And mainly, these things are about behavior. And some servants, they agreed and signed it joyfully, but we received resistance from many servants. And until now, I don't understand why the, the resistance. 
if as a Sunday school servant, you feel that you cannot abide by these requirements, which just basic Christian requirement to conduct yourself, then are you walking worthy of the calling with which you were called or not? So, faithfulness in the eyes of God, not in the eyes of others, not in your own eyes. And we spoke about six areas. Faithfulness in the eyes of God. Obedience. Faithfulness in what's little. Conducting ourselves as stewards, not owners. Faithfulness in the unrighteous mammon and in the resources that God gave us. Relying on the power of God and rendering glory to God for his power. And finally, to walk worthy of the calling with which we were called. These are six areas. While you are examining yourself at the end of the year, are you a faithful servant or not? Because as we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, it is required from the stewards to be faithful. I hope we can examine ourselves in this area and to make a commitment before God to help us to be faithful in serving Him in righteousness and faithfulness all the days of our life. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.